Welcome to episode three of Straight Selling. I'm your host, Andy Moreno, and we have a whole lot to cover on today's episode. A lot of things have happened this past week for WWE and AEW, so we're going to get straight into it. So we have a lot of announcements that have happened this past week. We have Samoa Joe sustaining an injury once again and relinquishing the NXT Championship. We have the WWE Draft, which takes place October 1st on Friday Night SmackDown, and it will end October 4th on Monday Night Raw. And we also have Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, which was announced uh, this week at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. We also have a brand new WWE Champion. Big E is your new champion. Cash in his Money in the Bank contract successfully and pinned Bobby Lashley to become our new WWE Champion. So let's get into it and we'll talk about everything on today's episode. Monday Night Raw. Raw was really good this past Monday. And obviously, Big E cashing in was a big thing, a big moment for Big E. And I mean, I was very emotional when I saw Big E win the WWE Championship. Finally, Big E has been in WWE for so long and he's been in developmental for so long. And to see a guy like Big E finally win the big one. You know, you just get goosebumps and you feel for the guy. And it's just happy times for Big E. And we'll see what's in store for Big E in the next coming weeks as WWE champion. I think Big E cashing in his contract and winning the title is huge for Monday Night Raw. Because Raw Raw has been pretty stale. Raw has been pretty stale these past couple of weeks. And with the announcement of the draft, Raw will benefit from this draft. Raw needs a shakeup. Raw needs to change things up because Raw has been stale for so long. As I was watching Raw, three hours is just too long. Three hours of Raw is too long. Compared to a two-hour AEW or a two-hour SmackDown, Raw is too long. And I don't think they're going to shorten the hours. I don't think Raw will go back to a two-hour format. Who knows? But it's just way too long. It feels like a chore watching Raw. If there's nothing special on Raw, if there's not any guys that I want to see on Raw, I really don't feel like watching Raw if it's kind of the same thing over and over every week. The same matchups, the same guys on the roster. So Raw needs the shakeup, and the draft couldn't have come at a better time. So we'll see what happens on October 1st. We'll see who goes to Raw. We'll see who goes to SmackDown. I'll definitely give my predictions uh, throughout the show today, and we'll get into more predictions on future episodes before the draft happens. So let's get into Monday Night Raw. Raw was good, like I said. Big E catches in the contract, pins Bobby Lashley, becomes your WWE champion. Feels good. Finally, we have a new champion. And... This was much needed for Raw. Like I said, Bobby Lashley has been champion, and I'm a huge fan of Bobby Lashley. There's nothing against Bobby Lashley. I love Bobby Lashley. But Lashley's title reign has run its course, I believe. It's been pretty stale, and there's not any guys on the roster on Raw that interests me for Lashley to face, right? The only guy that I was interested in is Randy Orton. 
and they had a main event match for the title. And I didn't mind to see Randy Orton as champion again. I really didn't. So they had a match for the main event of Raw. Randy Orton loses. Lashley retains. Biggie comes in and catches in. Big moment for Biggie. And hopefully this isn't the last time we see Lashley versus Biggie. Hopefully this isn't the last time. I would love to see Biggie go at it with Bobby Lashley once again. And maybe Biggie defends the title at Extreme Rules against Lashley. I think that'd be pretty nice to see. So we'll see what happens with Biggie. But I'm assuming Biggie is on Raw now because he's the WWE champion. But we'll have to wait and see. This week on Raw, Jeff Hardy had better things going for him on this week's episode compared to last week's episode when he was chasing for the 24-7 title. Now, if you remember from last week's episode, I voiced my opinion as to WWE not utilizing a legend like Jeff Hardy on the roster. And if this guy keeps going with these these things that are happening with him where they're not utilizing him correctly or they're keeping him in a mid-card, Jeff should go to AEW and go team up with his brother Matt. Alexa Bliss comes out and does her promo with Charlotte to build up their match for Extreme Rules for the Raw Women's Championship. Alexa comes out, and I'm looking at Alexa Bliss, and I'm telling myself, when does she drop this gimmick? When does she drop this demonic, possessed, demon gimmick that she's doing? She does a great job. Nothing against Alexa Bliss, but this gimmick doesn't make sense because this gimmick was created alongside with The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. And The Fiend's no longer here, as he was released a couple of months ago. So to see Alexa continue with this gimmick, it just doesn't make sense to me. And hopefully she drops it and does something else. She's doing great with it, but it just doesn't make sense. The Fiend's not here. And that, and those two paired up really, and those two paired up really worked. And just to see Alexa continue doing this gimmick without The Fiend, it just doesn't make sense. But WWE does this all the time where they release a guy or they change up a storyline or they separate a group, a tag team or a stable, and they assume that the fans are not going to notice what they've done. And it's just unfortunate. It's, It's frustrating to see this. So hopefully Alexa drops this gimmick, maybe when she wins the Raw Women's Championship, maybe Alexa goes to SmackDown, maybe Charlotte goes to SmackDown. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see for the draft. And it's exciting to see that there's finally a draft going on and maybe some gimmicks get changed due to them moving to different shows. So we'll see what happens. But I, if The Fiend's not here, Alexa should drop this gimmick. So Raw goes on, and then we have this eight-man tag team match during the show. We have the New Day versus AJ Styles and Omas versus Mustafa Ali and his tag team partner and Mason T-Bar. So I'm looking at this eight-man tag, and I tell myself, AJ Styles does not belong in this eight-man tag team match. He does not belong here. I think AJ has run his course teaming up with Omas and being in a tag team division. I think AJ Styles needs to break away from Omas. And I think AJ needs to be 
a main event player once again. And who knows, maybe AJ gets drafted to SmackDown and starts to do his thing again without Omas. Nothing against Omas. I just, AJ does not belong in tag team matches. He doesn't. And I really hope AJ becomes a main event player once again because AJ is really good and we need stars and we just need guys for the champions to face. And what better way to have someone that's believable for a champion to face like AJ Styles? Mustafa Ali, another guy that's stuck in a tag team, which is unfortunate because this guy has some pretty good mic skills. He kills it with his promos. And we've seen it in the past during the Thunderdome era when he was a leader of retribution. This guy was a leader of retribution, a leader of a stable. And now Mustafa Ali is stuck in a tag team, which I believe will probably go nowhere. I don't think Mustafa Ali and his tag team partner are going to win championships. I really don't. It's unfortunate. It really is. Mustafa Ali is such a great wrestler. He knows how to talk on the mic. And for him to be stuck in a tag team on Raw, it's just hard to see. It's unfortunate. And it really sucks. But this is what they do. I really hope Mustafa Ali breaks away from this guy and maybe becomes a single star once again. Like I said, the draft the draft will do wonders for Raw and SmackDown. Maybe some guys get some pushes. Who knows? But it, I don't like it. I, Mustafa Ali stuck in a tag team. It's very unfortunate. So speaking of tag teams and people that are stuck in tag teams that don't make sense, let's talk about the women's division, the tag team division. So currently Tamina Snuka and Natalia are the women's tag team champions. And I see these girls and great wrestlers individually, right? But to see them as tag team champions and defending these tag team titles against teams that are not looking like tag teams, just random people getting put together just for the sake of them having TV time, it's hard to invest and care for a women's tag division. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The women's tag team titles should be defended not only on Raw and SmackDown, but NXT. There's a lot of women in NXT. The tag teams in NXT actually look like tag teams. So if you have Natalia and Tamina show up on all shows and just do an open challenge, I think that'll be exciting. It'll spice things up. And the women's tag team titles will mean something because... These titles are being defended by Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. And you have all these different matchups with all these girls. I think it should happen. There's not enough women on Raw and SmackDown alone to have a tag team division and a singles division. Because you have single stars like Rhea Ripley, who is stuck in a tag team now with Nikki Cross, and they're challenging for the tag titles when Rhea just won the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. And Nikki Cross was just Raw Women's Champion at SummerSlam. So now these two girls are stuck in a tag team, probably just for the sake of having TV time, like I say. It sucks, it's unfortunate. It really is. Hopefully Rhea gets drafted to SmackDown and does something with Becky Lynch, that'd be pretty cool. But a girl like Rhea Ripley should not be in a tag team. 
She should not be in a tag team. So as far as I see it, uh, people that I want maybe to go to SmackDown for the draft, I have some early predictions. I'll, I'll give a few, and then we'll get into more predictions in future episodes uh, before the draft happens. But I think a guy like Drew McIntyre should definitely go to SmackDown because Drew has been on Raw for way too long. Um, I think Drew should go to SmackDown and challenge for the Universal title with Roman Reigns. I think that'd be nice. That'd be a nice little feud there. Another guy that should go to SmackDown is AJ Styles. AJ needs to break away from Omas, and AJ needs to be a main event player once again and put AJ on SmackDown. When AJ was on SmackDown, it was good. So I hope we see Styles on SmackDown. And another guy, top of my head, that I think would look pretty awesome on SmackDown and would give us a change for once is Bobby Lashley. Huge fan of Bobby Lashley. I don't think Bobby Lashley has been on SmackDown ever since he came back to WWE. So if you have Drew, AJ Styles, and Bobby Lashley on SmackDown, and you keep Roman Reigns on SmackDown with a title, I think that'll be a great little mix-up of those four and some other guys that they'll have in there as well. I think that'll be great. That'd be a nice little feud. Some main event players on SmackDown. I think that'd be pretty cool. But we'll have to wait and see when the draft actually happens. So let's talk about NXT and what happened with Samoa Joe over the past weekend. So WWE announces that Samoa Joe has sustained an injury and has to relinquish the NXT championship. Very unfortunate for Samoa Joe and very unfortunate for NXT days before the revamp of this show. We have no champion. You have no champion to lead this new NXT era. And Samoa Joe getting injured once again. Now, this is the first time that he's got injured. He's been injured many, many times during his WWE career. And this is a guy who recently got re-signed after he got released during WrestleMania because Samoa Joe wasn't an active wrestler. He wasn't cleared for injury competition. He was just stuck on commentary for Raw. And when he got released, it was an unfortunate sight to see because Samoa Joe is, is so good. He's a big name. And for him not to win the big one on the main roster really sucked. And we thought we'd never see it due to him getting released. So Samoa Joe gets re-signed again. They put him in NXT as a bodyguard for William Regal, the general manager. And then Joe gets cleared for in-ring competition has a match with Karrion Cross at TakeOver 36 for the title. Samoa Joe wins. Joe is your three-time NXT champion. And then Joe announces that he's injured and has to relinquish the title. Very unfortunate for Joe. Samoa Joe cannot catch a break. He really can't. And honestly, I don't know where Samoa Joe goes from here. I really don't know. Will they release him? Will they keep him again for a backstage role? Will he get cleared? Will he get a rematch for the title? Well, we don't know. We don't even know what he was injured for, and we don't know how long he's going to be out. So I thought well, it was a work. I thought it was a work first. I thought maybe they don't want Joe to lead this new NXT. Maybe they want a younger face, a guy from developmental, from their own developmental system. 
but that wasn't the case. Apparently this injury is real and Joe, Joe can't compete. So it's very unfortunate. So at the time of the announcement, I didn't know what was going to happen with the title. I assumed they would do a tournament or they would hand off the title to someone deserving of the championship. And we didn't know what was going to happen with the NXT championship until the day of the new NXT on Tuesday. They announced that there will be a fatal four-way for the NXT championship. It was going to be Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne versus LA Knight versus Tommaso Ciampa. Main event, winner will become new NXT champion. Later that day, on Tuesday, it was also announced that Pete Dunne re-signed with WWE for three years. So, I was like, okay, I think Pete Dunne wins this championship. It's time for Pete Dunne to win the big one on NXT, and I think that'll be nice for Pete Dunne, seeing as he signed a contract for three more years. So Pete Dunne wins this one, right? That was my guess. So the show starts NXT 2.0. The intro, the music, the lights, the colors, the arena. Personally, I did not like it one bit. I'm used to the black and gold NXT and to have different colors and to have this lighting and this look, I just have to get used to it. That's that. Already, LA Knight is at a disadvantage because he's having a match before the main event. LA Knight loses his match to this young guy that they picked up. Never seen the guy. New face. I'm assuming he's from developmental as well. Gets his TV time on NXT for the first time. Makes his debut. And beats LA Knight, a guy who's been on NXT for the past year. So... I already thought, okay, LA Knight is for sure not winning the title. And then later throughout the show, Kyle O'Reilly gets jumped backstage and no longer is able to compete in the Fatal 4-Way match. It was already a mess. It was already a mess. I could not believe what was happening at NXT. I really couldn't. You have LA Knight having a match before the match, the big match. And then you have Kyle O'Reilly get jumped backstage. And then they announce that they're going to replace Kyle O'Reilly in the Fatal 4-Way with Von Wagner. New guy, never seen him. Brought from Developmental. All these guys are from Developmental. So there we have it. Fatal 4-Way, LA Knight versus Von Wagner versus Pete Dunne versus Tommaso Ciampa later that night. So seeing as they kicked out Kyle O'Reilly from the match, I can't help but wonder, are they phasing out these independent guys that came from Ring of Honor and other promotions outside of WWE? Are they phasing them out? Do they not see Kyle O'Reilly as anything in NXT or on the main roster? If Adam Cole left NXT and didn't go to the main roster, can you imagine if Kyle O'Reilly went to Raw or SmackDown, just lost in the shuffle. So it's very unfortunate that they they just jumped him out of nowhere. I honestly think out of the four guys that were originally supposed to have a match for the title, personally, I think Kyle O'Reilly was the guy that was ready to take on 
this championship and do something in NXT, especially that massive win that he had against Adam Cole at TakeOver. So we'll see what happens next week. I'll give NXT the benefit of the doubt, but I really hope they're not phasing out Kyle O'Reilly because Kyle O'Reilly is pretty good on his own. So we'll see. But very unfortunate to see if they might have just lost interest in Kyle O'Reilly. Mandy Rose comes out and has her match on NXT with a new look, new hair. She dyes her hair. And finally, a new look for this girl. She's been a blonde for I don't know how long since since her debut. And this new look and the stable that she's in right now, hopefully Mandy gets a push in NXT. Hopefully she wins the Women's Championship one day in NXT. I think she's deserving of it. I think she needs a push. She's been here for too long. And when she was on the main roster, she wasn't doing much. They weren't really doing much with her. I really don't know what's going on with Sonya. But there you have it. You know, Hopefully Mandy, now with this new look, uh, she gets a push in NXT. And hopefully this team and these girls that are in the team become main event players. And we have some new fresh faces for the NXT Women's Champion. Now, speaking of the Women's Champion, Raquel Gonzalez was not here tonight on NXT, which didn't make sense to me. We have a new NXT, a new era, a new revamp of the show, and your NXT Women's Champion is not on the show. So that was kind of confusing. And honestly, in my opinion, I'm not a fan of Raquel Gonzalez. I thought Dakota Kai was going to win the title. I wish she did. Raquel, nothing against her. She's a great wrestler, but she's just not doing it. She's just not doing it for me. She's boring. She's kind of stale. And I think a girl like Dakota Kai should have won the title or give it to Mandy or give it to another girl that is more deserving than Raquel. I think Raquel has put in the work, obviously, and she's been there for quite some time. But girls like Rhea Ripley and Dakota Kai and just all the girls that have been in NXT are a lot better than Raquel Gonzalez. So I don't know. Just not seeing the champion, the women's champion here tonight, I don't know. Should I care for Raquel Gonzalez? We'll see what happens next week. So as the show goes on, we have tag team matches. And tag team wrestling in NXT is important. And you can see it. The tag teams in NXT for the men and the women actually look like tag teams. That's what I said earlier. Natalia and Tamina Snuka should defend those tag team titles on NXT because it's believable. You actually have women that are in tag teams that actually look like a tag team. But it probably won't happen. It probably won't happen. So we get on to the main event of NXT, Fatal 4-Way for the title. And it was a kick-ass match. I liked it a lot. Pete Dunne, usually new faces like that don't get a big win on their first day on the show. So the match is going. Pete Dunne, Tommaso Ciampa, just the chemistry between those guys is just amazing. And uh, the match goes on, finisher after finisher. I love Fatal 4-Ways. It's just fun. It's fast-paced. And Tommaso Ciampa wins the NXT Championship. I really thought Pete Dunne was going to win. 
I wanted Pete Dunne to win because Pete Dunne has just kind of been floating around. He's had matches with with dudes in NXT, but he hasn't really won that big one. You know, all he's won was the NXT UK Championship, and I thought it was time for Pete Dunne to win that title. But they gave it to Tommaso Ciampa, so we'll see what Tommaso does with this new era of NXT. But um, I'm not mad. I'm not mad that Tommaso Ciampa won. Tommaso Ciampa's a great champion. So there you go. The title's back in his hands, and uh, we'll see what happens with Tommaso Ciampa. We'll see the feuds that are coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. But um, I'm excited to see Tommaso Ciampa become NXT champion. And does Samoa Joe come back? You know, sooner rather than later, who knows? But I would love to see Samoa Joe go at it against Tommaso Ciampa. And I talked about this on the last episode of the podcast. I thought Tommaso was going to be the next guy in line to face Samoa Joe. And it probably was going to be that because Tommaso won the title. So I so I think that was the plan. Samoa Joe's next competitor was supposed to be Tommaso Ciampa. And there you have it. Tommaso wins the NXT Championship. At the end of the show, there was a wedding segment. Um, I did not stick around for the wedding segment. I just didn't care for it. It was entertaining. I saw it back on Instagram. It was funny, but I I did not care for this segment. And I I just finished the main event and I left. But um, yeah, it it was cringy to me, honestly. And there you go. You know, like this new NXT, you know, being produced by Vince and all these new guys, you know, it kind of feels like, it kind of feels like, you know, those cringe moments at times on Raw and SmackDown are bleeding through this new NXT. So I didn't stick around. I didn't watch it. Didn't care for it. But um, we'll see what happens next week on the new NXT 2.0. And I really hope they drop the 2.0 from the name. I think it's unnecessary. It reminds me of SmackDown Live. When they had the live in the SmackDown logo, I didn't like it. I got used to it, but I really hope they don't keep NXT 2.0 as the name of this brand, of this show. So hopefully they drop it, but we'll see what happens next week on NXT. I will be tuning in. I just have to get used to the new logo, the colors, the lighting, the intro, the music, and this new roster with these new faces. But a plus for the new NXT because we're getting in new faces. They're utilizing the younger talent, and that's what we need. We need new talent. We need new faces to carry on these shows for the next couple of years. So that's a big win for NXT. Now let's get into AEW Dynamite. Oh, Dynamite's so good. I love Dynamite. So AEW announces that CM Punk will be a special guest commentator at the commentary table. So CM Punk comes out, kicks off the night, cult of personality hits. It doesn't get old, man. It's been too long, and I'm just going to soak it in. I'm so happy CM Punk is on a wrestling show every week now. So this time around, he's on commentary. Pretty cool. CM Punk has done commentary before in WWE. So when he lends his voice at the table, it's always good. 
So great to see CM Punk do other things besides just wrestling. And then we kick off the show with Adam Cole, baby. Adam Cole comes out and we have his match with Kazarian. This is his in-ring debut for Dynamite. And it was a kick-ass match from the beginning all the way to the end. Adam Cole wins with the last shot, pins Kazarian, one, two, three. Adam Cole wins. Now Adam Cole is 1-0 and in AEW, then gives off a promo. It's great to see Adam Cole here in AEW. It really is. It's still surreal that Adam Cole is wrestling on a different night, on a different wrestling show. I'm just happy Adam Cole's here, and I'm just interested in AEW because guys like Cole and Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are here, along with Kenny Omega, Darby Allin, Cody Rhodes, Malachi Black. It's just a fun roster. And these are new matchups that we haven't seen before. So Dynamite is just exciting. I'm always excited to watch Dynamite on Wednesday. So I always look forward to AEW. So I'm very happy that we have AEW on Wednesdays for sure. Malachi Black comes out, has a little entrance, his masks. Malachi is so cool, man. I huge fan of Malachi Black. And like I said on last week's episode, I'm just at awe as to how WWE lost Aleister Black. They could have used him on Raw. They could have used him on SmackDown. They could have easily put him in NXT and mix it up with Tommaso Ciampa and Kyle O'Reilly. But they didn't. He's an AEW now, which is even better. And we're gearing up to his match against Cody Rhodes at next week's AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. And we'll talk more about Grand Slam in a bit. But Malachi Black comes out and starts his promo and tells the crowd to stand up. The members of the House of Black, please stand. And we get Rosario Dawson in the crowd, and she's wearing a Cody Rhodes jacket. And Malachi calls her out for wearing the colors of the enemy. So it looks like Malachi is going to hit her with a black mass. <laughs> but Cody Rhodes comes out from the crowd. Cody's back in AEW. And these guys just start brawling and the fans are going crazy. And I'm just excited to see this match, honestly. Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. It's going to be good. I'm super excited to see these two guys go at it. Huge fan of both. I'm just excited. It's it's cool. It, it still feels like a crossover to me because I, I still see Aleister Black, you know. So to see these two guys go at it, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. Just good times. NXT will AW will be a stacked show next week. Darby Allen is in action tonight. Has a magic in Sean Spears. I guess this is the current feud that they're going with for Darby um, and Sean Spears. Finally, Sean Spears has something to do. Um, so we have Darby versus Sean. Cool match. Darby just is great in the ring. Just sells so well. Darby just kicks ass, man. This match is fun. Sean Spears, Darby Allen going at it. Super fun. Darby Allen wins with, with the coffin drop from the top turnbuckle. One, two, three. Darby Allen wins. But during the match, Sean Spears pretty much wipes off his face paint from his face. Super disrespectful for Darby um, for this to happen. 
after the match is over, FTR steps in and starts brawling with Darby Allen. And then Sting comes in. Then he starts helping out Darby. Then FTR attacks Sting. And then Tully Blanchard comes in and then wipes Sting's face paint off. So it's just super disrespectful, major heat for these two guys. Then we have Tully Blanchard hit Sting with a steel chair to the back. Super crazy for Sting. I mean, this guy is taking these hits. And then we have FTR deliver a spike pile driver on Sting. And Sting takes the hit. Like, Sting is bumping around in this ring. And I, I just can't believe it. The age that he's at right now for Sting to take these hits, it's crazy, man. And I cringe a little bit because, remember, Sting did retire a couple years ago because of his neck with that match against Seth Rollins and Night of Champions. So to see Sting take these hits and these bumps, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Sting, but it's fun. It's cool. I just hope Sting doesn't get injured or hurt. But this was all cool, Sting and Darby and FTR. And then we have these two guys go up against FTR next week at Grand Slam Dynamite. So we'll get into Grand Slam in a bit, but that's another match that will be taking place next week for already stacked show. So sometime during the show, Taz comes out and calls out CM Punk. CM Punk is still on commentary. Taz calls him out. Team Taz shows up. And Powerhouse Hobbs is there as well. And Taz is pretty much calling CM Punk out, basically saying, you're taking my job as well. You're taking my commentary job as well. CM Punk is just laughing at his face. I'm not taking your job. And then Team Taz just grabs CM Punk. They start beating the hell out of him. And then Powerhouse Hobbs puts CM Punk through the announce table. And it's just crazy. It's just a big mess. CM Punk taking a big hit from Team Taz. And that sets up the match between Punk and Hobbs at AEW Rampage next Friday. I thought this match would take place at Grand Slam. But I guess the match is already stacked enough. And, I mean, you know, they have two shows, just like WWE. They have Raw and SmackDown. AEW has Dynamite and Rampage. So you got to have something for Rampage. So we're going to have CM Punk versus Hobbs at AEW Rampage next Friday. And that'll be CM Punk's first ever uh, match on live TV. So he already had his pay-per-view match, but this will be his first televised match uh, on cable network. So CM Punk versus Hobbs next week on Rampage. That'll be very exciting. So next week on AEW Dynamite, it's AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. So it's a really big show next week. We have a lot of great matches next week. Stacked card. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson for the first time ever in AEW. This is going to be exciting. It's not for the title. It's just a one-on-one -on -one match. So I'm super stoked for Dynamite. Daniel Bryan versus Kenny Omega. And then we have a live interview with CM Punk. 48 hours before his first TV match against Hobbs on Rampage. And then we have Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. That's going to be a really cool match. And then the AEW women's title is on the line. Britt Baker defends the title against Ruby Soho. Hopefully Ruby Soho wins this. But I think Britt will retain. And then, of course, we have Sting and Darby Allin versus FTR. That's going to be cool. Sting and Darby 
two of my favorites currently in AEW. And then we have MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. MJF, man. Now, I say this match for last because I want to talk about MJF. MJF is killing an AEW. This guy is probably one of the best heels currently in wrestling, I would say, just because of how what he can say and do in AEW outside of WWE. He's not limited to a PG show. So MGF, when I when I watch MGF, and this has happened since the debut of AEW Dynamite back in 2019, MGF looks annoying. He is annoying. He has a big mouth. This guy, I just hate the guy, and he's doing his job. He is the number one heel in AEW currently, in my opinion. And hopefully this guy one day wins the big one, wins the AEW World Championship. But MGF just kills it on the mic. This guy makes me laugh. This guy is just a annoying heel. And I really hope big things come his way. And I mean, this guy, this guy, man, he's just so good. He's a really good bad guy. So MGF versus Brian Pillman Jr. at AEW Grand Slam should be a fun match. We'll see what he says. We'll see what he does. But I really think his bodyguard will turn on him eventually, and then we'll have a match between those two guys. But uh, MJF, man, this guy is just super annoying, and I really think he should stay as a single star and not join any other stables because he doesn't really need to be in a stable. This guy can handle himself on the mic on his own, and hopefully this guy goes at it with Adam Cole or Brian Danielson or CM Punk. We'll see. But I really like MGF. This guy... Is just a nasty heel, and we'll see what he does in the future. But um, one of my favorite heels on the show for sure. And that's it for AEW. AEW is always entertaining. I love it. There's times where the show doesn't feel structured. It just kind of goes on. Like uh, just kind of weird transitions after something happens. It's hard to explain. It's just not as structured as Raw or SmackDown, right? But they're two completely different wrestling shows. Um, it just it it doesn't flow very well, I would say. But I, I'm pretty sure it'll get better as the years go on. But to be honest, AEW, I'm probably being biased, but AEW has a better roster right now than Raw, for sure. SmackDown, SmackDown's doing really good. It'll it'll always be the A show. And we'll see if that continues with the draft, but SmackDown is just killing it as it should because, you know, it's on Fox. We have Roman Reigns on there. SmackDown's just really good right now. But um hopefully AEW kind of changes things up here and there. Um it could use some work. I mean, it's a new show, but to have these players like Punk and Brian and Adam Cole along with Kenny Omega and Darby Allen and all these other upcoming superstars, I think uh, AEW AEW will grow and it'll be a really great show for years to come. And I think, I mean, it's a big competitor. And I think AEW, what they're doing right now, will force Raw and SmackDown to utilize the younger talent and to change things up. And, I mean, we've seen it and they're doing it with the announcement of the draft. So we will see what 
wrestling looks like after October 1st and the 4th with the draft. And we'll see how Raw and SmackDown stack up against AEW. But um, super excited. And it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Like I said, I always say this. It's a better time now than it was during the pandemic Thunderdome era. So awesome stuff. Very exciting. Super, super excited for what's to come with AEW. Stack show next week for AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. And then we have Raw and SmackDown leading up to Extreme Rules in two weeks. So a lot of things to look forward to. Super excited for WWE and AEW. So on last week's episode, I didn't get to talk about SmackDown because I was recording the podcast while SmackDown and Rampage were going on. So I didn't get to catch the show, but I saw a little bit of it. Uh, I, I did say that Brock Lesnar showed up and had a little segment with Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. But let's get into SmackDown very quickly. Um, Edge and Rollins had a match and kick-ass match from what I saw. And Rollins, I believe, either kicks him in the neck or does a curb stomp on the guy. And Edge is pretty much taken out with a stretcher. And I believe Edge is going to be off for a couple of months. I think that's what the storyline's going for. They're going to write him off, and then he might be back for Royal Rumble time. But yeah, Edge is done for for now. Um, not that he was injured in real life or anything. It's just they're going to write him off of TV, so they will do that injury where supposedly he got injured and he can't compete for a couple of months. So uh, Edge is gone, which is kind of strange, but I guess Edge will not participate in the WWE draft. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, but um, if that's the case, I think Edge will be back maybe around the new year for Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. So remember, Edge is a part-timer. Edge is older. So uh, it makes sense for Edge not to be here um, every week, right? So that's that with Edge. And... Finn Balor is supposed to face Roman Reigns for the Universal title in Extreme Rules. Uh, this past Friday at the MSG show for SmackDown, Finn Balor returns as the demon, the demon king, Finn Balor. He brings the demon back. So finally, I mean, we haven't seen the demon character in a long time, right? And Finn will face Roman Reigns. But usually when Finn Balor becomes the demon, taps into his demon side. Usually Finn Balor is unbeatable and wins all his matches. So does demon Finn Balor beat Roman Reigns? Now, if the answer is no, which most likely that's going to be the case, because Roman's not losing. He is not losing. Uh, why even bring back the demon king? Why even bring back the demon character for Finn Balor if he's just going to lose to Roman Reigns? So... That's that. I mean, bury Finn Balor, I guess you could say. I hate that word, but I guess bury him even more or make him human. And the demon character doesn't really mean much against Roman Reigns. So, uh, I mean, why bring the character back if he's just going to lose to Roman Reigns? It should have just been Roman versus just regular Finn Balor, have a kick-ass match, and then just kind of lose. But here's another guy who can't catch a break. Um, you know, Finn Balor lost 
Finn Balor a couple of years ago had to relinquish the Universal title due to injury during the match against Rollins at that SummerSlam a couple of years ago. So Finn has never really recovered from that injury. He's won the Intercontinental and the U.S. Championship, of course, and then they moved him back to NXT for about a year, became NXT champion again. But Finn Balor has not won the big one ever since that injury at SummerSlam. So does Finn Balor win this match at Extreme Rules in a couple of weeks? I doubt it. I really doubt it. I think Roman, like I said, this guy's going to be unbeatable. He's going to mow down everyone. He's going to beat everyone. I think he'll beat Brock Lesnar at Crown Jewel. And we'll talk about Crown Jewel before we end the show. Um, kind of strange that they're going to have this match at Crown Jewel one-on-one, and the title is not on the line. I thought they would save this match for either Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or WrestleMania. It would have made more sense. because This is a very anticipated match. You have Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, new character, versus a returning Brock Lesnar, who hasn't been here in almost two years. So to have this match at a crown jewel, I think personally, in my opinion, it's a waste. And I'm surprised that they're having a crown jewel event in Saudi Arabia due to the COVID restrictions. I thought, you know, WWE was limited to certain cities in the States. So to have an event in Saudi Arabia and to have this match on the show, it just comes to a shock to me. It's really, really confusing. So it is what it is. We'll see what happens. I don't know why the title's not on the line. I think they're just going to wait and see what happens with Extreme Rules. And then they'll announce if it's a title match or not. But Finn's going to lose, I think, personally, in my opinion. Finn will lose. And it sucks that he's going to lose to Roman Reigns with the Demon character. And Roman will be Brock Lesnar. I think Roman will be champion until he faces The Rock, if that's still going to happen. We don't know yet. That's just rumors, what they've said. It'll be a pretty big deal if Roman Reigns does defend the title against The Rock. But if if that match were to happen, Roman versus The Rock for the title, and The Rock is the guy that beats Roman Reigns, it doesn't make sense. Why, why give The Rock the rub and not Roman? Have Roman beat The Rock and give someone else a chance to beat Roman Reigns. And... Seeing as Biggie cashed in the, the contract for the WWE Championship, um, to me, I mean, who who's really the guy to beat Roman Reigns, right? I thought Biggie would be the guy to cash in him on SmackDown, but that's not the case anymore. So now that I'm thinking about it, I, I really don't know who would be the guy to beat Roman Reigns if the Rock match doesn't happen. And if the Rock match does happen, if he doesn't beat him, uh, who is the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns? And whoever dethrones him will get a massive push, massive rub, because this guy is beating a guy that's been undefeated for a very long time. So, I mean, I'm looking at the roster. I, I really don't see anyone that would make sense on SmackDown to take down Roman Reigns. Maybe on Raw, definitely I would see Keith Lee. But, I mean, where has Keith Lee been? I haven't seen Keith Lee in a while, right? The last time I saw him, he had a match against Karrion Cross and then lost. So I don't know what they're doing with Keith Lee. I, I feel like Keith Lee's aura and this persona that he was having, this push that they were giving him, 
just kind of has faded. So I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they draft Keith Lee to SmackDown and they rebuild him again, hopefully. Uh, but another guy that's believable, maybe Drew McIntyre if they move him to SmackDown. But we've already seen Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns plenty of times already. So I really don't know who the guy will be to beat Roman Reigns. It's definitely not Finn Balor. It's definitely not Brock Lesnar. And who knows if The Rock even comes back for the match. So I really don't know. But we will see what happens with the draft. And we'll see what goes on with Roman Reigns. But yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. We also have Becky Lynch on SmackDown signed her Extreme Rules title match contract against Bianca Belair, and that match will take place in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think Becky retains the title. If she loses, maybe the plans are to draft her to Raw, because in past drafts, if you're a champion of your respective show, you're not able to get drafted. Because the tag titles on SmackDown, the blue titles stay on SmackDown, and the world titles and the mid-card titles. So unless they change it up this year, who knows? But if Becky does lose to Bianca Belair, which I doubt, but if she does, then the plans are probably to draft her to Raw. That's my assumption there. But Becky's been killing it. You know, she's back, and um, I guess she turned heel. She says she's not a heel. Uh, She might be a tweener. And what a tweener is, is when you're a heel and a face, or you're neither heel or face, you're just a badass superstar that everyone loves, and you just kind of do whatever the hell you want. Kind of like The Undertaker when he was uh, doing the biker stuff. But um, yeah, Becky Lynch is killing it. She kind of reminds me of Conor McGregor right now, what she's doing. Um, So there you have it, Becky Lynch. It's great to see her back on SmackDown. But uh, yeah, she'll have her match against Bianca Belair at Extreme Rules. The Usos are also killing it on SmackDown. I mean, these guys, this this bloodline between, you know, the family, Roman, and the Usos, and Paul Heyman, I love it. It's really cool. The Usos are finally getting this recognition that they deserve. They've been here for so long, and I, I like these Usos. I like what they're doing right now. So dominant tag team for sure. And they had a kick-ass match against they had a kick-ass match against Montez and uh, Angelo Dawkins. So, I mean, these guys are cool. These tag teams are killing it in SmackDown. And you got Ray and Dominic Mysterio. You know, the, the tag teams on SmackDown are great. Better than Raw, for sure. So, SmackDown's just killing it, man. They really are. But I don't think the Usos lose the tag titles anytime soon. But, yeah, that's pretty much your SmackDown uh, for last week at the MSG show. Um no Undertaker, which is great. You know, there was rumors that Undertaker was going to show up and make an appearance. Keep him away, honestly. Nothing against the Undertaker, but like I said on last week's episode, the guy's old, man. Just kind of keep him away. Don't do anything with Undertaker. Utilize the stars you have right now. Taker is done. Have him for a WrestleMania appearance, and that's pretty much it. We don't need the Undertaker right now. We really don't need him. Um, but yeah, SmackDown is just killing it. I'm liking what they're doing. And uh, and with the draft coming up, um, there'll be some changes for sure. So we'll see how SmackDown looks uh, next month with the draft. But um, super exciting. 
And that's pretty much it, guys. That was your Raw, your NXT, AEW, your SmackDown for the past week. Um, that's pretty much it. We covered a lot. And uh, like I said, we'll see what happens next week. It's exciting. I'm excited as a fan, again, to watch wrestling every week, every day. And on top of that, covering all the wrestling shows on Twitter and also doing a podcast. It's fun. And I'm just super excited. And it's, it's just fun to be a wrestling fan once again. So, yeah, that's it for me, guys. Um, we will be back for episode four next week. And we will cover Raw, NXT, AEW Grand Slam. And uh, I'm going to try and do the show either on Saturday next week because I want to cover SmackDown. And I always tend to record the episode uh, while SmackDown is going on, and then I don't get to cover SmackDown on Twitter. So I'll have to wait and see. I'll see what I can do. But I want to do the show, you know, after I watch SmackDown. But then I also don't want to wait till Saturday to record a show and then post it. I want to do it on a Friday. So I'll see how, how it goes. I'll see what I can do. But um, I really want to cover SmackDown and enjoy the show um, and have a podcast the next day or even have the podcast before. Um, so I'll see what I can do. Um, this is still kind of like I'm working things out and see what works best for me and what works best for the podcast. So I will see. I will definitely see. But um, I do want to do a draft predictions show, just predictions of the draft. Maybe have someone on with me. So that'll be exciting. We'll see if that happens. And then I also want to do a predictions pay-per-view match. I'm sorry, a predictions pay-per-view show uh, for Extreme Rules uh, coming up. So I want to do that. And then we'll have our weekly shows every week covering Raw, AEW, NXT, SmackDown, et cetera, et cetera, during the week. So a lot of stuff, a lot of content. Um, but yeah. But yeah, that is it for me, guys. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, thank you for the support again, as always. This is your host, Andy Moreno, and you're listening to Straight Selling. I will see you guys next week for episode four. Take care, guys. Don't stop the podcast just yet. Um, I had some technical difficulties on Friday recording the show, and I accidentally deleted 30 minutes of the show that I had going for the podcast last night. So I had to stay up all night and kind of just redo the show and just get a rhythm going again. And that's what happens, you know, and it's probably going to happen in the future. Uh, hopefully it doesn't, but I was just kind of, I felt very defeated when I accidentally deleted my whole podcast and I had to start from scratch and anchor the program that I'm using to, to record uh, currently. When you delete something, it's just gone forever and it's unfortunate and I just had to like, you know, take a break, get away from the computer and just kind of, you know, do the show all over again and just kind of rewrite stuff again. But yeah, it happens. And yeah, man, that ha I, can't, I couldn't believe that it happened to me. So I was very, very uh, upset about that. And I just had to take a break and step away from the screen and just kind of, you know, regain my thoughts and everything and just kind of start from scratch. So that really sucked. But we got it going, but um, I got to catch SmackDown uh, yesterday. 
So I'm going to let you know what happened really quickly. Uh, Big E shows up on SmackDown with the WWE Championship and, you know, just face-to-face with Roman Reigns, which is crazy. I, I like what we're seeing. Big E, WWE Champion of Raw, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion of SmackDown, two young, in-their-prime dudes. I like what I'm seeing. And that match is happening next week on Monday Night Raw, this coming Monday. We will have Big E and The New Day versus The Bloodline, Roman Reigns and The Usos, three-on-three on Monday Night Raw. So this is what was rumored uh, on last week's episode that I mentioned that Roman was going to be on Raw. So this is this is the thing. This is it. Roman will be on Raw with The Usos, and they're going to face The New Day. So that's going to be awesome. Pretty kick-ass Raw. We're going to have Roman on there. So I'm sure the ratings will go up for Raw now that Roman is there for the night. And... When I saw Big E with a title show up on SmackDown, I mean, yes, he's currently still on the SmackDown roster. He just showed up on Raw to cash in the contract. But seeing Big E on SmackDown with a title alongside Roman Reigns, are they going to kill the brand split? Um, is that something that, that they're going to do? It doesn't make sense, though, because we're going to have a draft, and the draft is for both brands to split up the rosters. So, I don't know. That was just something that I kind of caught. Like, uh, you know, Biggie's here on SmackDown. That's crazy. I thought he was just going to stay on Raw. But are they going to get rid of the brand split? But they're having a draft. So, I really don't know what's going to happen. But, um, yeah, Biggie and the New Day versus Roman Reigns and the Usos should be a kick-ass match for sure. And then we had Kane show up. Kane came back. Um, he probably just showed up for the night, I would assume. But uh, Kane's looking good still, man. I wish Kane was still here. But, uh, yeah, Kane came back on the show. And, uh, yeah, that was just kind of the big news that I had. Uh, You know, Roman Reigns will be on Raw. The Bloodline will face the New Day on Raw this coming Monday. So, super excited. But, yeah, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. We will have Episode 4 next week. And kick-ass Raw for Monday, Roman versus Big E with the Usos and the New Day. So that's going to be a cool match. So I'm super excited. So yeah, that is it for me, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you guys on the next one. Take care.